They're three California kids. Hey, sir! Who've just been given the power of the ninja. It's your destiny. Now, kill him. Whether they like what? it or not. Uh, wow. They're America's newest secret ah! weapon. There's dynamite here. We'll throw it at him. I got one. Surf ninjas. I love the part when I was like. Ah! Rated PG. Oh, sorry. Starts Friday, August 20th at a theater near you. Ready? I'm ready. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm not ready. Oh, no, I already opened the can. You look at that juice. Turn my fan off. You're going to hear my fan in the background of this podcast. Well, the can's been opened. I've asked them if they like the juice, so we have to start podcasting. That's the uh, that's the rules we've it's set for. It's going to sound so unprofessional. The beginning of this podcast, I'm going to be shifting around in the bed that I lay in, like Jabba the Hutt to record. Yeah, I and I can assure you, I never <sighs> pick that up on the mic. But... When I'm editing this podcast and I'm like, does Ben have plastic sheets? Why is it so noisy? Well, it's usually uh, because I have like old fast food bags just on my bed. Ah, that's what it is. Okay, that makes more sense. But I was like, does Ben just wet the bed and he's got fucking plastic sheets? No, it's because like every time I shift around, the last like three things of fast food that I ate also shift with me. Okay, well, at least we've accomplished something today. We've solved the mystery of what the rustling is in Ben's bed well, sheets. Well, that's, uh, that's just a little peek into the, the sad, pathetic gluttony that is my life. What is this podcast about? Uh, listeners, what it, was it what you were thinking? I've been doing Twitter polls, and I've been like, what do you think the rustling is? Do they, no one guessed fast food rappers. Do they think it was like I was like a jet-setting sort of... You know, James Bond type that I, I lived such a glamorous lifestyle that I wouldn't have used fast food bags in my bed. Well, it's weird. One person did uh, did assume you slept in like a hyperbolic chamber. <laughs> no, I, I record from a, a, a suspension tank. All right. Well, welcome to Saturday Night Jive. Uh, so we've solved that mystery. Now we have to solve the mystery of why the fuck we watched Surf Ninjas. Because... This is the podcast where we uh, we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. This week, we watch Surf Ninjas, starring SNL alum Rob Schneider. Look, I'm not going to say that it was a smart choice, but I don't think we were wrong for thinking we just watched a Neil Israel movie that we liked. I think we kind of half-liked Americathon. I mean, I feel like we were we were at a point where we were like we should we should explore more of the of the Neil Israel oeuvre. It was a bad choice yeah. ultimately, but <sighs> I mean, I, I hate to besmirch the good name of Neil Israel, director of Bachelor Party and Moving Violations, but uh, this movie was a bore, and it's kind of sucky that it was because on paper. This movie's got some crazy shit. It's got Leslie Nielsen as a half-robot. It's got a magical future-telling Sega Game Gear. It's got some crazy shit in it. But it was so uninteresting. And I thought for a second it was like, maybe it's because it's a kid's movie. And I just, like, if I saw this as a kid, I would have, you know, identified with it or had more fun with it. But I couldn't even, like, sometimes with those movies I'll go, like, this makes me feel like a kid, you know? This movie, I just, it was so boring to watch. Well, speaking of that, moving violations. I mean, you talked about how you watched that as a kid, like on Comedy Central. And I didn't, but I feel it's, it feels like the kind of movie I did watch all the time on cable. And it was nostalgic, even though I'd never seen it. 
Whereas I remember watching these kind of movies too, sort of, but I don't think I ever liked them. Like this is basically three ninjas with Rob Schneider in it. And, and I was gonna, like, I was about to say shittier, but I, I feel like this is probably better than three ninjas at least. Right. It's, it's probably exactly the same as three ninjas. It is probably the exact same movie, except this movie has, uh, Two kids and their 30-year-old roommate. <laughs> what? What is Rob Schneider doing in this film? I always thought that this movie was like early Schneider. Like, you know, he was just like stand-up comedian, you know, like Rob Schneider before he, you know, hit hit the Rich Meister money. This was his last season of Saturday Night Live he's starring in this movie. He is 30 years old. And I mean, he looks a little young because he's a short guy, so he's still got a little bit of youthful looks. But there is no way I buy that he's just a happening high schooler hanging out with his high school buddies. Well, I think there's a line in the movie that is meant to suggest that he's been held back like ten times. So, like, he's actually much older than the other students in high school. He just never graduated. Well, I missed that, but I I did enjoy the introduction to Rob Schneider's character. We got... uh, Two kids, well, like a, I guess like a, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid and his younger brother. It's that dynamic. And then they just go into the kitchen and Rob Schneider's cooking eggs. And he's like, yeah, I live here because my parents live in a biosphere. Iggy, you're here every morning, you're here every night. Don't your parents ever ask where you've been? Mr. McQuinn, my parents are sealed in the biosphere in Arizona. Mento? What? It's like a little tomato. You know, the biosphere, it's like a big bubble thing in the desert, a lot of plants and animals, nobody's allowed in or out. Look, it'd be impossible for me to explain it to a layman like yourself. And I'm like, well, that's pointless exposition, unless we're going to see this biosphere later in the movie. No, we don't. It's just a little backstory of why these two kids live with a 30-year-old man. And I was thinking about that, and I wonder, was that a direct reference to the film Biodome? Which I imagine came out before this. No, I think Biodome came out after this. I think that's a 96 movie. This is 93. Don't ask me why I know the release year of Biodome. That's just something. (laughs) That's just something in my head. Well, because I was just thinking, like, was that just a thing in the 90s where, like, that made sense that you would write that into a movie? That, yeah, his parents live in a Biodome. Like, was that just a thing that. Because I I don't think. Do Biodomes still. Are they a thing still? Were they ever a thing? I don't know, but I mean, I guess they were a thing in the early 90s. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like a joke about like, you know, just pop culture. Yeah, they live in a biosphere. That's why I'm hanging out in your kitchen, high school kids. Okay, we can talk about anything we want with this movie. We can talk about fucking Leslie Nielsen and how you you, ha- you cast a guy like Leslie Nielsen and don't give him any jokes. Uh, he He had the only laugh I got out of this movie. All I care about with Surf Ninjas is Moto Surf and Rob Schneider's Hitler mustache. Wait, what's Moto? Oh, Moto Surf. When they're, uh, we're, we were talking, was that the last episode we were talking about people riding on cars? Well, I imagine we watched fucking <laughs> moving violations. Maybe. Did that happen know, in that, that was like, Did anybody ride on a car? Mean, I don't think so. Did Teen Wolf come up recently in a, in a podcast? I can't remember. No. But I know at one point we had the conversation about people riding on cars. And that's the first thing of this movie is they're surfing in a car. They just, I guess, stand up when they're driving with surf uh, paddles. Is that what? Well, I guess that's not surfing because you don't paddle with a surf. 
you know, paddle a surfboard. Because well, I'm just kind of obsessed with the concept of moto surfing in the context of this film for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first being that it's so lazily added. Like it, it's it's introduced as a thing where like they have a name for it, and it's a thing they always do. It's like the, like like Teen Wolf when he rides on the like, but that's like a fun thing in Teen Wolf when that happens. Not a great movie altogether, but like that's a fun moment. Or or even like to go with another Michael J. Fox movie when he's on the hover bike and he's you know clinging onto cars on the the hover not hover bike uh, the hover skateboard. You know that that's a fun thing when it happens. But this is just what is it? They're just driving in a car and kind of like moving their arms around as if they're surfing. They're not really like they're not really riding on the car at all. No, because they have a jeep that with like an open uh, top. Yeah, it's like if it was if it was like an actual like on the hood of the car and they're surfing on the like that would be that would have been interesting. But I feel like maybe they didn't want to like do that and like have kids be doing that like faking it, you know? Like you're trying to do that at home, maybe. <laughs> you think they cut that out of the movie <laughs> or rejiggered the movie because they were afraid kids wouldn't would try this at home? This movie has a lot of people kicking each other in the face. I guess I just I feel like that's a thing that an executive would see and go like we don't want kids like getting on top of their cars while they're in motion and fucking suing the studio. Yeah, but these kids can go on the playground and act out their favorite scene in Surf Ninjas and kick each other in the balls a lot. But see, that's, that makes no sense. I feel like that's different because that's just like kids aren't going to get attacked by fucking ninjas from a mystical island. You know, that's never going to happen. Yeah, kids fight each other all the time. But when it's something the specific is like. Moto, we invented a thing called moto surfing and taught all the kids how to do it. I feel like that that brings you liability in a way that just depicting ninjas doesn't. Yeah, it's not really a dangerous sport, moto surfing. I mean, they do get in trouble, but they they throw their paddle in another car and then the other car gets in trouble for moto surfing. Well, and that's the other thing I have I'm obsessed with. The fact that apparently it's not a thing they invented in the context of the film. It's just a thing that is known that kids do. Because the cop is like, hey, were you moto surfing? Like, he knows what it is. <laughs> uh, you're the sixth kid I've pulled over today for moto surfing. It's like it's like the biggest crime in this California surf town. Because apparently everybody's a surfer except for Rob Schneider, who pretends to be one, but has never surfed a day in his life. And that's why he moto surfs, because apparently that's like a safe way to surf without surfing. Yeah, the, fucking Rob Schneider in this movie. Such a weird I, Not friend. just. Why is he. A, he's not even a surfer. Why is he in Surf Ninjas? He's Rob Schneider. He shouldn't be in Surf Ninjas. And he's not even a surfer. Why is he in Surf Ninjas? Yeah, and it's. It's, it's a weird. Because he's also got dyed red hair. It's like. They should have cast, like, the kid, the fat kid from the Sandlot in this part, and it would have made perfect sense. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, the fat kid from the Sandlot is, like, their comical goofball buddy. But it's fucking 30-year-old Rob Schneider with red hair. And every time he's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know how to ninja fight. I don't know how to surfboard. Um, I'm really just here to follow you guys around on the mission, much like Tone Loke will later, when Tone Loke is just like, hey, you guys... I'm going to come to that magical ninja island with you. Why? Because it seems like a fun old time. Fucking Tone Loke. Uh, yeah, he has like a, a thing where like they abduct him, sort of. And then he's just like, yeah, I needed a vacation anyway. I guess I'll go to this murderous ninja island with you boys. 
for no reason. And then he adds nothing. Like, he, he doesn't, like, I mean, I guess he joins the ninja clan to fight the evil Leslie Nielsen ninjas, but they could have won that fight without Tone Loke, I feel. No, he doesn't really, I mean, he beats up a couple of guys, I guess, but not even, like, utility in the movie, he's not, like, particularly funny. Now, and I don't mean, like, whether you think Tone Loke is funny as an actor, but, like, he's not given much to do in terms of action or humor or anything. He's just like, we need somebody to say this line, because otherwise the, this other guy said too many lines, I guess. <laughs> Rob Schneider had a line ceiling. <laughs> They're like, well, you can't have more than 79 lines in the film. But, I, but for what... It, so we need to bring in Tone Loke. Whatever you want to say about Rob Schneider, I feel like he's the best part of this movie. Um, He's not good, but there's nothing I, good in this movie. But to the extent that there's anything relatively better than anything else, I think Rob Schneider's the best part of this movie. I said, the only laugh I got from the movie was Leslie Nielsen when he's... uh. He's on his phone, and they're calling about the kids, and he's like, Zetch, I should have known. Kill him. Kill them. Hold on for a second. I've got call waiting. Yes. Kill them. Kill them immediately. Yes, now where were we? Yes, kill them. He's having two murder conversations on two different lines. That was the only time I laughed. Uh, I didn't laugh at that, uh, because I, something about Leslie Nielsen in this movie just made me not want to laugh at anything. Uh, and I, and I love Leslie Nielsen. I'm a huge Leslie Nielsen fan, but, uh, I don't know. It just, he, he's introduced getting his face stomped on by an elephant and becoming a cyborg. And it just, I don't know. I just, I wanted it to be goofier. And that's, that's never quite expected. Blamed. Okay, so here's the plot of Surf Ninjas. It's uh, three kids. Actually, the plot of Surf Ninjas, again, on paper, this movie sounds fun. Uh, two little kids and their 30-year-old buddy Rob Schneider are just hanging around, surfboarding, and then they get attacked by ninjas. And it turns out that these two kids, the ones who aren't 30-year-old Rob Schneider, were, I guess, the one. the older kid was the king, and then the younger kid was, I guess, I don't know, what's the king's brother, uh, of this, like, magical ninja island. That island got attacked by Leslie Nielsen years ago. These two kids survived by going on a boat, coming to America. But now, one of the ninjas has come back and is going to bring those kids to the magical ninja island to take over Leslie Nielsen's dominance. And that's basically the plot of the movie. But Leslie Nielsen is a cyborg? And that's never fucking explained. Well, can I ask a question that even as I say it in my head, it's clearly stupid, but I can't shake it. Is Leslie Nielsen supposed to be Asian in this movie and they just cast Leslie Nielsen? Because I was confused by that. Because they never explain why. I mean, he's, you know, I guess you don't have to explain why a white guy is a white guy, but like he's kind of like a shogun sort of warlord. And they call him a mercenary at one point, so that he could say like he's a soldier of fortune or something, maybe. But like I don't in any other version of this movie that wasn't dumb, that would just be like, you know, an Asian. You cast like whoever played like uh Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat or something, like that guy. But they cast Leslie Nielsen instead. It's it's a little jarring when you see Leslie Nielsen in a full samurai outfit, surrounded by uh, you know, Asian people doing martial arts. There's no other white guys on this yeah. island except Leslie All Nielsen. his minions are Asian. Yeah. 
I feel like he was supposed to be Asian, and they just cast Leslie Nielsen and thought nobody would notice. <laughs> and they were like, Leslie Nielsen's Asian, isn't he? Yeah, hire him. Like half his face hire is covered in metal. looking at a know? picture of him. Uh, but he's, okay, so then we see in flashback, uh, I guess the big battle that Leslie Nielsen won to get gain control of the magical ninja island. And we see that he was trampled on by an elephant. And then in present day, he's got like a metal mask covering half of his face. And he's got, is it a bionic hand? Well, I guess, because like it, it moves in such a way that like like when it gets wet, it moves of its own accord. But it just looks like a glove, but that could just be because the movie's so fucking cheap looking. The, this movie is very, very cheap looking. Because he has this bionic hand, and then at one point he's like, oh no, it almost got wet. Like, And that's going to be like his kryptonite, you know, like the Wicked Witch of the West. You can't get bionic Leslie Nielsen wet or he'll die. But then, towards the end of the movie, his car crashes, the water valve goes off, and he's like, oh no, I'm wet. But I'm fine. I'm like, oh, okay. So it wasn't water. But then, like, a scene later, he's killed by just throwing him in a pool. Yeah, there needed to be something else to that. Like, a, at least a better explanation. Because I can get, like, oh, if, if sophisticated electronics get wet, they get ruined. Sure. But, I don't know, maybe it just needed to be more consistent. It just seemed like they wrote that backwards. Like, they needed a way to kill him at the end. They dumped him in a pool. And then they were like, I guess, let's make him afraid of water. Yeah, but then why, like, five minutes before that happens, he gets wet and he's like, oh, don't worry, water has no effect on me until it will Well, the next time I get doused in water. Because at that point, you also have, like, the little brother has a magical game gear that's playing the video game based on the movie that is at first predicting events, and I think by that point, controlling events? I could not get a handle on the magical Sega game gear of this movie. Could not figure out how that was working at all. Well, I needed more of the magic stuff, frankly. Like, cause I, I didn't understand. Like, I think like there should have been something about the island that was like magically important. Like, they started to go there with like the, I think the weapons are supposed to be kind of magic. Like something that like Leslie Nielsen wants apart from just taking over the island. Like, there's something on the island that's magic that he wants, or something. So, where you could play around with that and like give him magic powers or something. I just feel like. I don't know, it's barely a MacGuffin, and it's just like, we gotta take the island back that they never they don't care about and have never been to. Right, you know, or the the magic is in the kids. It's like the, the family blood has the magic in it, and that's why he wants to kill the kids, because then if he kills the last of the clan, he somehow gets that magic. I feel like that might have been in an earlier draft of the movie, with because the, like, the, the little kid has the future seeing powers, and the... The older kid has like, because he's never, I don't think he's ever been established as training in martial arts. He seems to just sort of spontaneously develop like warrior powers. So I think that's kind yeah, of the idea. Look, and that's what the eye patch man tells him. He's like, you, you will be a great ninja. And he's like, what are you talking about? I never fought ninja style. And then just one time in a fight, his leg starts like moving and twitching. And he's like, oh, I have awesome ninja powers now, apparently. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if you establish it as a magical thing rather than like just a coincidence that he happened to learn martial arts really quickly, I'm fine with that. By the way, that was my one laugh in the movie. It wasn't an uh, uh, an, an authentic one. It was an ironic laugh when uh, uh, I think it, I'm trying to think of if it ever happens again in the movie. But uh, when Rob Schneider looks directly at the camera when he's talking to the eye patch guy, and because he, he's the the eye patch guy reveals that he smokes. And uh, 
Rob Schneider goes, hey, why don't you use the patch? And then he looks directly at the camera and goes, look who I'm talking to. Yeah, thanks Rob Schneider for letting me in on this joke. Don't engage me in this film. But that that got to a level of shit that just made me break, finally. I was just like, I need to laugh at something, I'm deciding to laugh at this. And that's like an hour into the movie, too. An hour into the movie, Rob Schneider turns directly to camera and goes, Hey, audience, did you like that joke I just told? Why? No? Okay, well, back to the movie. I feel like I read something when we were watching Moving Violations. I was looking at some kind of trivia or some review of it that mentioned the meta-ness of it, that people would look directly at the camera and make jokes, which I don't remember in that movie. I'm, I, I'm guessing John Murray probably did it a couple of times. Yeah, probably. Just like a knowing wink to the camera, but nothing so far that like broke the fourth wall where I was like, stop talking to me. I'm just watching the movie here, bruh. Oh, and by the way, we neglected to mention, because I didn't notice this at the time when we talked about movie violations, because we talked about how similar it was to Police Academy. Apparently Neil Israel wrote Police Academy. Yes. I did not know that. I... Yeah, no, we have uh, we have covered a, a lot of Neil Israel, and I wouldn't be opposed to watching Bachelor Party starring SNL five timer Tom Hanks. Ah, I mean, would we get my? Well, I wouldn't have been opposed but, to watching uh, Bachelor Party before Surf Ninjas. Now I am. Well, Surf Ninjas is his last movie. Uh, Bachelor Party, I think, is his first movie. Uh, and then he's also directed a bunch of television movies. I'm not interested in following Neil Israel's career path into. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen go into a cave or something. Well, he also he's did, got like uh, four of those films on his filmography. He did a Police Academy ripoff, apparently called Combat Academy, which I'm just I'm fascinated with the Academy informal cinematic universe of just all the ripoffs of Police Academy that have Academy in the title, like Vice Academy. Uh, there's one called Ninja Academy. Uh, Mortuary Academy, which is a Paul Bartel movie. There's just a bunch of fucking uh, Academy ripoffs that I, I'm desperate to, to do a marathon of. And then there's Stewardess School. That sounds like softcore porn. Is that softcore porn? <laughs> it's not softcore porn, but it's a, it's a, a bad comedy uh, with a cleavage in it. Oh. That was one of my first... Uh, movies i watched as a kid where i was like i think i like boobs i think i'm i think i'm remembering the poster is like just a giant pair of tits with like a plane flying between them maybe yeah yeah i think that's all i know about that movie and yeah it's a police academy ripoff but they're they're going to stewardess school and so there's a lot of like you know low-cut shirts and girls in their underpants what was that movie that we've always threatened to watch because it has mike myers in it with gwyneth paltrow Wanting to be a stewardess. Oh, view from the top. Yeah, we're we're gonna watch that eventually, aren't we? Uh I mean it's on my list, but uh I have no interest in it. Yeah, no, me neither. But I mean I didn't have any interest in surf ninjas either, but we just watched that piece of shit. That's true. Uh alright, what else about surf ninjas? Alright, do you, let's talk about the magical second game gear. okay. And again, I don't have a problem with it because it's introduced as a magical element. The, well, the problem I have with it is that it's the game of the movie. It's literally Surf Ninjas the game, which isn't the actual... There was a Sega Game Gear Surf Ninjas game, apparently. But this was a game made specific for the movie, 
obviously, because it predicts the future within the context of the film. But, like, it's a weird way to cross-promote a fucking handheld video game for your movie. I mean, it does make the Sega Game Gear look, like, fucking tubular out of sight. The Sega Game Gear was an underrated system. It was basically a Sega Master System in a in a portable handheld, which, like, the Game Boy wasn't, like, a portable Nintendo. It was a shittier version of Nintendo. The Game Gear replicated the hardware authentically. You don't care about any of that. I'll have to take your word. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was just, it was, it, because it's like a, it's like a Betamax v, uh, VHS thing. Game Gear was the superior handheld, but Game Game Boy cornered the market and, and was the, the more successful product. Right, as we learned from the uh, Taron Egerton film Tetris. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Which I watched and didn't think it was that bad. I enjoyed Tetris, actually. I really liked it. I was surprised that yeah. like the stuff I liked more was like the contract negotiation shit and all like the KGB chase stuff I didn't give a shit about. Uh, yeah, no, it got like, I was like, Wow. I'm actually interested in the minutia of this business deal. When they're just going like from room to room in the Russian consulate or whatever. Like that's the most interesting yeah. shit to me. I like that. Uh, I also watched Air. I've been avoiding that because I, I keep making fun of it because it's the stupidest idea for a movie. But I feel like I have to watch it at this point. Uh, it's, I mean, it's fine, but it's like, I don't know. It's probably nothing you're going to go oh, wow, I'm really glad I watched that. You'll be like, eh, I, I was fine that I watched that. It just pisses me uh, off. But my favorite, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, my, my favorite part of Air is how they uh, incorporate Michael Jordan into the film. I assume he's not in it, right? It's just like the back of his head and shit? Yeah, there's like two scenes where they're in a business meeting with Michael Jordan and his mom. So like Viola Davis gets all the lines. But every now and then they'll cut to the back of some dude's head and then sometimes they'll get clever, like, he's, like, looking at a photograph on someone's desk, and they're like, Michael, turn around, but they cut right before he turns around. <laughs> so they do whatever they can to avoid Michael Jordan being in the shot of the film that's essentially about Michael Jordan. Except it's not, and that's my problem with it. Michael Jordan, and I'm not a basketball guy, necessarily, but I gotta feel like that's a fascinating story, just, you know, cradle-to-grave biopic of Michael Jordan, and maybe he doesn't sign off on that, maybe he doesn't want that to be a thing, but... You're like, oh no, we want to make a movie about the two boring white guys that convinced his mom to sign a document so they could make a shoe for him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's as entertaining as a movie about the guys who branded the shoe that Michael Jordan wears could be. It's as entertaining as that movie could be. But then at the end, you're just like, well, I guess I learned how they made them shoes. But what pisses me off about it is... Like, I'm a nerd, and I like a bunch of nerdy shit. Like, if I explained, like, oh, this is my favorite Star Trek movie, and here's ten reasons why. There are a lot of, like, sports guys, like, you fucking nerd, why are you into this shit? But they're like, oh, yeah, you know it would be a great classic story that I want to sit for two hours to watch? The story of the fucking Michael Jordan shoes. Fuck you, you're yeah. just as big a goddamn nerd as I am. Your just shit is less interesting than my shit. Yeah, no, it's it's not a mystery I needed solved, and after solving the mystery of how Michael Jordan's shoes came to be, I still wasn't very fascinated by it. Well, let's solve the mystery of Rob Schneider's Hitler mustache. <laughs> the only other thing I care about it's, in this film. You enticed me with that, uh, but it's it's one line. All right, now you kids, get in here and clean up your bloody room. 
I know best, because after all, I'm 37. Now don't make me come out there and beat you with a leg of mine that no longer works, because I'll do it! Uh, he's a very distant relative. Get out of here. I thought for sure it was going to come back, like maybe he'd have more disguises. But it's just, it's a, a single shot where Tone Luke, the, the kindly police detective, is like, all right, kids, you go back into your house. Do you have any adults in there? And they're like, oh, yeah, our crazy uncle. And then Rob Schneider comes out in a Hitler mustache in a wheelchair going, I'll, I'll, you kids get back in here. And I believe he's doing like a, like a fat bastard style, like Scottish accent, right? I couldn't tell. I can't remember now. I watched it early this morning, and, I, and then I worked for a ten-hour shift, so I've I've forgotten most of this movie. But I I feel like he was doing well. It would have been pre-fat bastard, obviously, but that kind of thing. And I just I, he's got a Hitler mustache. What? Why? At what point in the production? Like, whose idea was it? Was it Rob Schneider and the makeup thing going like, "Hey, what if you give me a Hitler mustache?" Or was it Neil Israel going like, "Hey, you know, it would be the great Rob Schneider if you wore a Hitler mustache for this part." Who? Who thought that was a good idea? How many people said, yeah, that's hilarious. Let's put Rob Schneider in a Hitler mustache. It boggles my mind. I mean, can you blame the mustache, though, for the Third Reich? Well, it's not that. It's just that, like, he killed that mustache. I was talking to Dan about this the other day, because we watch a lot of, uh, like, old silent movies on YouTube. We've been getting into, like, Laurel and Hardy and shit like that. And you see Hitler mustaches in that shit all the time. They weren't Hitler mustaches. It was pre-Hitler. That was just a style at the time. And then, of course, Hitler comes around. Nobody's ever wearing it. It's the Hitler mustache. It becomes that. Nobody ever wears it again, because if you do, you're evoking the memory of Hitler. And, I, and I'm always thinking, like, who's going to bring it back? Michael Jordan tried to bring it back at one point. Couldn't. That's true. I just, I, I'm waiting for somebody to, like, try really hard to bring it back. And Rob Schneider's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Hitler had a soul patch, though? Well, <laughs> then we'd never have to see some asshole with a soul patch ever again. I, I don't. I've never had a problem with the soul patch. I don't know why everybody hates the soul patch. It's a, it's a stupid, it's a stupid facial hair accessory. Well, I mean, what about it? Because it's basically like a, a a sissy version of a Van Dyke, and a Van Dyke's cool. I don't know. You can't see me, but I'm I'm full tash now. Really? Just like, not even like goatee, just a full mustache? Just Tash. I'm in a musical where I play a cop, so I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if I had a mustache? So first I grew my beard in real big, because I was scared of what the mustache would look like. Then I shaved everything down to the goatee, and I was like, yeah, let's keep going. Shaved off the beard part, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm liking the Tash. I feel like, I don't know, you could have just worn a fake mustache. Nah. I've never had just a just a mustache, and I'm like, you know what? I think it looks good. I the only reason I've never had one is because I thought it looked stupid. All right, I gotta table this for now. I gotta take a break. I gotta go to the bathroom. All right, join us back for more mustache talk after the break. Uh, well, we were talking about Rob Schneider's Hitler mustache. Do you think, because Rob Schneider, as we've uh, seen in uh, multiple films and multiple uh, characters he's played on SNL, he likes playing uh, people who ain't uh, white. But in this movie, he is playing the whitest person. And Like, that's the joke of his character is that he is just 
the whitest person. Do you think maybe he's like, guys, I'm too white in this movie. Can I wear a Hitler mustache just for one scene? Well, the crazy thing is, apparently Rob Schneider is actually Filipino. And so are the other two yes. guys in the the two kids in the movie. They're all the same race. But one is like the joke is that he's really white and doesn't belong. Whereas the other one, the joke is that they do. But none of them are like Asian. Well, I mean, I guess they're they're. They're, they're technically, that is an Asian people, right? Filipi- Filipinos? I think it's in the continent of Asia, yeah. But it's not Asian in the the way that we associate with, like, martial arts Asian. Like, I don't think, I don't know that if the Philippines has, like, a version of martial arts, but it's not like, like Hong Kong action films or, like, Japanese fucking... Ser- it's, it, I don't, I just, I feel like the racial dynamics of this movie are already pretty fraught before we even get to Rob Schneider. Well, I mean, these guys are from Magical Ninja Island, though. Like, who knows where that is? Well, and that's that's a weird thing about this era, where it was like the the whiteification of Asian culture. Like, you also had, like, Double Dragon, where, like, neither of those fuckers were Asian, I don't think. Or, but I think one was Asian, one was the guy from fucking Party of Five. Uh, fucking the Ninja Turtles were, were, I mean, obviously they weren't Asian, they were fucking turtles. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been. But I just... They could have been a... Tur- Asia has turtles. It was just this whole sort of cultural idea that, like, you know, Asian ninja is all just sort of a state of mind, and you could just you could just cast a bunch of dopey white kids. Well, and for a movie called Surf Ninjas, they don't do a lot of surfing. No, in fact, towards the end, when they bring the surfing back, and they're like, yeah, we're going to teach these guys how to do, our, do it our way, it adds, like, nothing to the, the story, really. No, in fact, it makes surfing look like a terrible form of transportation. These kids are introduced surfing in the opening credits, and then there is no talk of surfing for about an hour and ten minutes, and then they're like, huh, how are we going to get through this ocean? I know, surfboards! But they're like just, they're not really even surfing for most of it, they're just like boogie boarding, I guess. They're just laying on surfboards and paddling to Leslie Nielsen's, you know, part of the island until they get close to the shore and the waves can carry them over. Where I'm like, a boat? (laughs) Like, they could have used a boat? Well, they had a boat. They got there on a boat. Why didn't they just take the boat to the other side of the island? I know, and then they're like, there's no way we're going to get past this ocean except for surfboards. That, wait. And they, maybe I missed a scene. They did carve them out of just the local trees, right? They didn't show them carving, but yes, they were like, look at those trees over there. Those would make good surfboards. I feel like that. So, well, so in about five minutes, we can cut down all those trees and fashion them into surfboards, right? Yeah, how the fuck long did that actually take? (laughs) It was like three months. Three months later, they're like, all right, we're ready to take the surfboard plans. We had to take five boats back and forth to, you know, carry all the wood over here. But, uh, hey, wait a minute. Couldn't we just use that boat to cross the ocean? Okay. Nah, these surfboards, it's going to look real cool when we all surf in there. Okay. I Do we have anything else to talk about with this movie? Um, was, well, I have a couple other things. Was everyone dubbed or were, like, most people dubbed? Or maybe it was just a bad copy I was watching. I didn't really notice a lot of bad dubbing. It, it was mostly from the princess character. I think she, her all of her lines were uh, recorded in post. I, I I got a sense of that a little bit, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. I, I mean, not, not from like the main people. 
And then I started seeing it other places, and I'm like, What's, did they like not record sound at all in this movie, and they just had to dub everything? Um, is surfing a good form of transportation? I'm confused by this game gear. Oh, and then uh, I did want to talk about, right before Leslie Nielsen dies, his robot hand goes, like, haywire, and he just starts, like, ripping at his crank. God, I did want to talk about that, because it's like, you see, he's clearly gripping something. It's not like he's just grabbing his crotch or, like, holding his pants. Like, there's a cylindrical object in his hands. Yes, it looks like you can see the outline of Leslie Nielsen's dick in a robot hand, and he's just pulling and pulling at it. Which, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to him. It was kind of amusing. But, like, all I could think of was, like, this is a kid's movie, and I'm watching Leslie Nielsen fucking jerk himself off. Right. And, well, and there's a way to do it where it doesn't look like that. Like, his hand could have gotten caught on his crotch in, like, a Michael Jackson pose, where he's just grabbing everything that's down there, and he can't get it off. But, no, you see a close-up of a hand grabbing a dick inside of some pants. Well, because I was going to ask, is it possible that we both saw it that way, but it was just gripping fabric in a way that just happened to look like that? Because to me, it looks like they they legitimately put... Because, I mean, obviously, he's not grabbing his real dick. So they put something dick-shaped in his pants for him to grab. That's that's what I saw. I mean, I didn't rewind to look at it again. He may have been grabbing some dick-shaped fabric. I've been jerking off to that scene all day. (laughs) If that's the case and he was just grabbing some dick-shaped fabric, you would have think someone would have seen the dailies and gone, that looks too much like a dick. This is a children's film, correct? I don't know. I don't know what the daily... Do you remember there was also that scene uh, when they first meet the, the princess... There's, I can't remember what it was exactly now, but they had these like lines that were like coming out of these kids' mouths that were like really lecherous and gross. Do you know remember what I'm talking about? Uh oh, because she comes in in a veil, and they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't. I'm, I'll, maybe I'll drop a clip in, but yeah, they're all talking about what her face must look like. Hey, you know what they say? Chicks got a veil. Do better bail. Yeah, if they cover her face. Pick up the pace. She's afraid to show it. She's probably not very attractive. But it sounds like it would be like a level of joke that would be fine in moving violations where you can have dirty jokes. But this kid's movie just felt really out of place. Yeah. Well, and then it's weird that, you know, I mean, again, it's a kid's movie. So, like, I got to look at it as like an adult who thinks someone should think of the children. But, like, they're introduced to this princess, and he's like, bubble boing, as soon as he sees her. And then he's like, hey, would you like to go to the mall or something? And the guy's like, oh, you don't have to ask her out on a date. Uh, She's going to be your wife soon, and then she'll be all yours, all the time. Oh, and then there was one scene where, like, uh, she uses her feminine wiles to lure the the I almost said the Nazis, the ninjas away. And she says something in, uh, I I was going to say Chinese, but it's not. It's whatever language they speak. I don't know what it is. But, and then he's like, what did you say? He's like, you'll find out on our wedding night. Yeah, it's like, like he's hey, a high school kid. Hey. Wait, uh, these, these are children. We don't have to get into how they're going to be fucking soon. Yeah. But that's, that's, no, the only other thing I have in my notes, which are very scant, is uh, the guy who keeps falling down the stairs. 
at the end. I did like I that, did and it. I liked how the movie ended with that. Yeah, he uh, he gets ninja kicked down the stairs, and they show him falling down the stairs for a while, and then that's the joke. They pull back out, and he's falling down like a mountain's worth of stairs. It's like the Great Wall of and China. Then he finally, yeah, and then he finally climbs back up in the middle of the fight. And he gets kicked down the stairs again, and then at the end he climbs back up, and they're like, oh, hey, the, the battle's over, your guy's lost. And he's like, ah, and he just throws himself down the stairs. I was like, all right, that's a that's a good running joke. That's like a moving violations joke, something I would expect in a Neil Israel-helmed project. But then they fucking bring back the shitty Babaran joke, which... <laughs> again, I'm just questioning the reality of the film. Like, did they bring guitars for this? Why... What are these people thinking? Like, our king just abdicated the throne, and now he's singing Baba Ram. Yeah, I did not get that. I guess it's just a callback to the beginning of the film when he was... Uh, well, because the guy's there. Know. I don't know if you remember. The... Yeah. Well, and then I... Because I couldn't remember the beginning of the film. Uh, Ernie Reyes Jr., he's supposed to be giving, like, a presentation to a foreign dignitary in his high school? Yeah, well, he's implied to be like the Dalai Lama kind of thing. Like He's like a foreign, well, you know, vaguely Asian character. And, and but, Well, and his name is, his, his name is Baba Ram. Ba- Baba Ram, yeah, or Baba Ram or something like that. Yeah, and so that's why they sing Barbara Ann, but they just, they go like, Baba Ram, and then it's like, oh, you're insulting this foreign dignitary. But then at the end, he's like, oh, hey, I remember you. You were the guy from that high school that I went to. Hey, let's sing that song you sang, and we'll sing it happy this time to close out the the movie with end credits playing over us. And apparently, that was Neil Israel, the the principal that gives him the the assignment. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I just like. Well, and then the foreign dignitary was the uh, Hawaiian dad from North. <laughs> oh, that's right. I think he's i I remember him from other stuff. I, I've seen him in other movies. Uh, I, d- I thought, too, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. I've seen him in, like, a million things. And then I looked up his filmography, and I'm like, nah, I've only seen him in North. <laughs> he must look like another guy. Oh, maybe. Uh, but I just feel like it was a missed opportunity to end with the the Barbara Ann thing, which is stupid, rather than just have the credits rolling on the guy falling down the endless stairs for the entire credits. Yeah. I, I would have liked that, because when he fell down the stairs, I was like, if you want to just... if. If you just want to show this guy falling down the stairs for 10 minutes, it's way more entertaining than anything that's been in the film so far. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of it is also, I mean, to be fair to the movie, a lot of it is like stunt martial arts stuff that if you're into that might be fun. But we don't care about that. We're just looking for jokes. And a lot of the time is spent not joking and like throwing dynamite at trucks. I know. And it's like... If I was a kid who was into, like, martial arts stuff... And I was. I was a Power Rangers I, I don't kid. Th- yeah, but I don't even think I would like this movie. It's just so boringly staged. Like, there's no, like, uh, fun, like, camera movements or anything. And, you know, it's just a lot of flips and kicks and shit. And it, it doesn't look... It doesn't even look that good. It's not really entertaining or fun. And I, I feel like... Like, there's a million other movies you would watch before you would watch this if you're just looking for some martial arts shit. Well, because I, I was the kid in the target audience for this movie when it came out. Uh, this would have been, what, you said 94? So I would have been nine years old. Um, and I, I think I remember liking Three Ninjas when it was out. I mean, I, I, I remember, like, not so much for the martial arts as much as I was into that stuff. I was in it for, like, the Home Alones, like, a bunch of bad guys are at a house and we got to play pranks on them like that shit 
and like yeah, kids fighting adults. It's that's always. But fun. this you don't even really get much of that. It's I mean they they kick him in the face and shit, but they don't really do much in terms of like fun pranks. Yeah, no, the the martial arts stuff isn't as isn't as much fun as it's supposed to like look cool. But yeah, it's just it's so boringly choreographed that it doesn't even look cool. So it's not a good martial arts movie. It's not a good surf movie. It's not a good Rob Schneider movie. All the things this movie has going. I don't for. know who who's going to enjoy this. Yeah, I don't know who this movie. Well, I mean, I guess I know who it's for. It's for people who like Three Ninjas and want an inferior version of it. But who is that? <laughs> you know, I like Three Ninjas. But what if it sucked? Can you make a movie for me? You know what? I like Three Ninjas, but it didn't have enough Tone Loke in it. Can Tone Loke be in the movie for no discernible reason? Yeah, it's it's so bizarre that Tone Loke is just like, hey, I'm with you guys. Much like it's so bizarre that Rob Schneider is just like, hey, I'm with you guys. It, there's one thing, I mean, positives about this film. I think Ernie Reyes Jr. had some charisma. I'm like, all right, I could see him being a being a star in something else. But other than that, this movie was a big old flop of turds. And you were talking about Rob Schneider as a 30-year-old. I think Ernie Reyes Jr. is like 20 in this movie, and he's playing a high school kid. Yeah, but that's... I know it's not as A little bad, more but... appropriate. <laughs> no, he still looks like a kid, though. <laughs> Rob Schneider don't look like a child. Well, I thought it was weird that, like, the, his dad is playing the random eye patch guy. And, like, they look so much alike, but you don't find out until the end that they're related. But, like, his... Like, I, I, no, you're not... You're, you know, I don't know you. I want to go back to my real dad, this fucking fat white guy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about him. But, yeah, these two uh, Asian kids are... You know, their dad is a big, fat, white guy. We find out very quickly that they were adopted. And then we later find out that this big, fat, white guy was, like, just a handyman on Magic Ninja Island. But, like, so... (laughs) Or something. So trusted, apparently, by them that they left their their princes with him to to, to (laughs) teach in California. The king of Magic Ninja Island is like, oh, I have to I have to give my children to somebody before Leslie Nielsen takes over Magic Ninja Island. Oh, I know. How about Gus, the guy who fixed the radiator? <laughs> Put him on Gus's boat and he's like, I'll I'll keep I'll take good care of him, King. Honestly, I think he was probably the the best, like, legitimate actor in the movie. Like, his moments had some pathos, like when he recognizes Ernie Reyes Sr. for the first time, and it's like he kind of really like, oh, you know, my, my domestic life with these kids is going to be gone now because they've, they've come back. This guy's come back into my life. And like, there's like, I don't know. He, he seemed like he had some, I was trying to add like some whatever passes for drama in Surf Ninjas. Yeah, he's like, this is my big break. I'm going to really act up a storm in Surf Ninjas. But, I mean, it didn't add much to it, but I don't know. What could you add to Surf Ninjas? Uh, yeah, I see. I mean... We talked enough about the magical Game Gear. The Game Gear tells the present and the future. And they don't... I mean, I guess later on in the movie, you're supposed to believe that the magic was inside the kid the whole time, and I guess it's just coming through the the Sega Game Gear. But none of that was clear. So when he just turns on a Sega Game Gear, and all of a sudden it seems like he's controlling the ninja fights, it's like, what? what, are you, what is happening well, That's here? what it got weird for me. Because like when it was just like it seemed to be telling him shit, uh, I could... I had no problem with that because they already established like you're going to have – they call him a seer. Like you're going to have seer powers. So the idea that a kid would translate that into his favorite video game, I yeah, I think that's a clever enough twist on that idea. But yeah, once it's like he starts – he seems like he's controlling Leslie Nielsen at the end. Like that made no sense. 
Yeah, and then sometimes it's telling the future. Well, that's what a seer does, I guess. I guess, yeah. But, like, yeah, at one point during the ninja fight, he, like, you know, sees how to beat a guy with an octopus. So he grabs the octopus and throws it in the thing. He's like, yeah! But all the other times, it's just telling the present. And, like, things that are happening are also happening on the Game Gear. Which is cool as a device if you set it up and explain to me what's happening. I don't know. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, like, on a logistical... I guess at that point, I wasn't really questioning, like, the the lore of Surf Ninjas so much. <laughs> I was just ready to go with it. I wanted to get sucked in. I wanted to get sucked into the story, the magic of Magical Ninja Island. What I wanted was, uh, Leslie Nielsen, instead of him dying, they should have had an elephant there to crush him on the other side of his face, and then you cut to, like, a post-credit sequence where he's, like, full-on robot head, and he's just like, I'm gonna get you! <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen, because an elephant statue falls on him. Well, it falls on his car, and that's what breaks the water pump, and then he gets doused in water, but then he's like, eh, water doesn't hurt me. Until I fall in a pool in about five minutes. Well, I know this is probably going to be a short episode, but is there anything else to talk about with Surf Ninjas? I have absolutely nothing else to say about Surf Ninjas. So, wait, last week we did establish... We almost watched Surf Ninjas once. We instead watched the Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. So, <laughs> which one's better? Surf Ninjas or the Beverly Hillbillies? You know, Surf Ninjas is still much more watchable than the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, yeah, I guess I gotta it. It was that. quick. It didn't tax my time or intelligence. It wasn't good, but, I mean, it was what it was. Beverly Hillbillies was miserable. That's true. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate watching Surf Ninjas, but I did hate watching the Beverly Hillbillies. So, Rob Schneider, <laughs> you dodged a bullet this week. I hated one of your movies more than this. All right. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take another break. I think I, I think I have a part 2 of that bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now here's the part of the show where Surf Ninjas was Ben's pick. So this week I get to pick what we're going to do next time. So I am going to spin this wheel that has movies, SNL episodes, SNL recurring characters, and I have landed on the Saturday Night Live episode hosted by Bronson Pinchot. Is there anything notable about this that would make it interesting? No. Just Bronson Pinchot? It's... Just fucking Cousin Balky hosting SNL. Was that to promote one of the Beverly Hills Cop movies? Uh, probably for Perfect Strangers. Oh. I mean, I would be up for it. Now, I just uh, want to throw this no, out No, there's though. nothing notable about it. We did just watch a Rob Schneider movie. Do you not want to go with a Rob Schneider recurring character? Or, well, I guess he never hosted. Um, oh, to, to tie it to Rob Schneider? You're not in any way obligated um, to do that. I'm just throwing it out there as a you know an option. Well, let's see. On my list of SNL recurring characters featuring Rob Schneider, I have uh, Sensitive Naked Man. Uh, he was one of the Hubs Giro's guys, the You Like It, the Juice guys. Wait. Uh, and I have Richmeister. Was that a recurring sketch? You Like It, a Juice? Yeah. Just twice. I was going to say, I couldn't imagine they did it that many times. Well, because I think there's only... Hold on. Let me go to SNL Archives and look at... Because I could do... Because Schneider has a couple guys he only did, like, 
twice. Because, like, we could do all the Rich Meisters. Uh, That's got to be a multi-part episode, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm see how many Rich Meisters. There are... There's ten Rich Meisters... Well, looks like there's nine Rich Meister sketches, and then there's uh, four cameo appearances of Rich Meister in other sketches. And, and we, we've already watched one from the Steven Seagal episode. We do count those, though. Uh, yeah, so we would be watching, uh, in total, 13, 13 sketches featuring, featuring Rich Meister. I mean... Some he stars in, some he doesn't. I don't know that I'm mentally prepared for that. For 13 Rich Meisters? I don't blame you. Um, but he also has The Sensitive Naked Man that only had two appearances. Uh, he has Orgasm Guy, which only had two appearances. He has the You Like of the Juice Guys, which only had two appearances. And he also has the Out of Africa store owner, which only had two appearances. So if you wanted to, I'll leave this up to you. We could watch eight sketches featuring random Rob Schneider, only two appearances each. The Out of Africa guy, is that the You Can Put Your Weed in There guy? Yes. Okay. Um, He's the, he runs a store where he sells like antiques and he sells them all by saying you can put your weed in there. And I think he shows up in one of the Sandler movies as well. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. Click, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I don't want, first off, I don't want it to be left up to me. This is your choice. This is your day. You get to I I mean, pick fucking Surf Ninjas. You get to pick the if, thing. If you're telling me, do I want to watch two sensitive naked man sketches, two orgasm guy sketches, and two you like it a juice sketches, I'm on board for that. I mean, as opposed to Bronson Pinchot. Uh, yeah, I think that would be better than watching Bronson. I, I don't remember. I think I only put Bronson Pinchot's episode on there because we watched Second Sight. But how about this? Well, again, I feel I hate that I even have input. I feel like I would. I'm taking away your choice, but. Why don't you do the picker wheel again and find us a movie? That way we have one of each kind of thing, and we can make our decisions That's from true. That. Okay, so we'll have an episode, we'll have a recurring character option, and let's see if we can get a movie option. Okay, uh, movie choice, Tough Guys, starring Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas as old fucks and a young Dana Carvey. I have never heard of this. What the fuck is this? Tough when, Guys? When was this? Uh, late 80s, I believe. Also, this was pre-SNL Dana Carvey. Oh, yes. Yes, I believe this was uh, Dana Carvey's first movie. But he's like a relatively major part of it? I don't think so. I mean, because you've picked something that I literally have no frame of reference for, I again must leave it up to you. Of those three options, what do you think is the most interesting? Um, <laughs> I've... I feel like we should watch the You Like of the Juice sketches. I mean, that just seems like organic, right? Well, yeah, I guess, but... We open every podcast with You Like of the Juice. Well, we We've never... never watched the You Like of the Juice guys. We never watched the Get Off the Shed sketch either. That's true. There were only two of those. I could throw, <laughs> throw them on at the end, too. Oh, fuck. Again, it's up to you. I don't want to be complicit in this choice. Alright, well then I, then I will, if the decision is solely up to me, let's keep it in the Rob Schneider family. Next week, we're going to be watching some Sensitive Naked Man, Orgasm Guy, 
Hub's Heroes, and Out of Africa. That's eight Rob Schneider sketches featuring four recurring characters. Why Why didn't Rob Schneider get more successful after SNL? I don't understand it. Uh, you know, as I went through, I mean, I, you know, Rob Schneider is, is who Rob Schneider is. Uh, but as I was watching these seasons of SNL for my blog, I was like, you know what? Rob Schneider's pretty good. Like, yeah, no, I was, I was joking. I don't actually hate Rob Schneider. All right. Uh, all right. So a collection of Rob Schneider sketches next week. Sure. Cause f- fuck my life. All right. <laughs> Is that and, a, is that all our business on the shed? And until we see, wait, hold on. Oh, I do remember that sketch. I was also I was just looking through uh, Rob Schneider's uh, SNL archives. He also played Adolf Hitler in a sketch. I might throw that in too. I mean, considering the movie we just watched, I feel like we have to now. I might end it. End the. Uh, and the collection I send you with a sketch featuring Rob Schneider as Hitler. Oh, okay. I mean, I, uh, I know we've been trying to connect the episodes. I'm not watching inappropriate comedy the next week. I think we need to take a Schneider break after this. All right. I think we uh, should probably stay far away from Schneider after two weeks of Schneider. After uh, this, no more Schneider. That's the rule. Yeah, that's, that's doctor's orders. Sir, you've had too much Schneider in the past couple days. <sighs> All right. Is that it? Uh, that's it. So, Rob Schneider week continues into next week. Until we see you again, get, get off, off the, the shit! I want to be ninja. I want to chop, 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 chow down. Take chow down to Chinatown. I want to be ninja. You know what? I might do it. I might be a ninja soon. Ah. Uh...